All right, and we're back at the Keeping Wanderlust studio. How are we doing today, Kayla? Doing well, doing well. What are we talking about today? Well, before we get into that, let's start this off right. A few di del piscotto, or piscotto. Can't pronounce it. Give it a shot. <laughs> few di del piscotto. Yeah, so today we're holding a bottle of 100% frappato. It's supposed to be a soft red grape from the southeastern coast of Sicily. Not that we are wine geniuses by any stretch of the imagination. We just have a really cool atlas of wine, world atlas of wine book. And I did a little bit of homework. And that was that's about the extent of my knowledge of this particular wine. Either I'm way, impressed. Right? Sounds like I know what the hell I'm talking about. But now we'll give the obligatory shout out to our friends. We don't even know their names yet, but the folks over at uh, Hunter's Point Wine and Liquors. And every time we go in there, they do a really great job of just kind of showing us around and getting us to spend a little bit more than we want to on wine. Not that it takes that much twisting of the arm. So you can do the honors here. Try to pop this open. Oh, that was such a good one. (laughs) We got to store that and uh, reuse that as a sound bite. Yeah. So we do have another bottle over there if this ends up going long, but the whole idea is that we're going to kind of just riff on falling in love and traveling the globe. Ooh. I would say that's a full body. That's That's a lot. Is this the one we were supposed to let breathe? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We had clear instructions to open one of the two bottles at least 10 minutes before drinking. I can't remember which bottle we were supposed to open and and let breathe. But I'm going to let that sit for a minute. It might not help that this is normally we we record when the sun goes down and it's towards the end of a long work day. We uh, woke up bright and early today. I think it was noon. Yep. On a Saturday. So did a couple of early morning chores, had some breakfast, and now we're drinking wine in the afternoon. So beautiful late summer, almost wants to be fall day, still a little bit humid here in New York. Um, So what did you do this week? Anything exciting? Travel the globe? Hit anywhere? Yeah, that's a pretty lame answer to the question (laughs) is absolutely nothing. Think I work late every single night. I know uh, you were on the road, so I figure we could focus on your exciting adventures a little bit more today. Yeah, so I wouldn't exactly call them exciting adventures, although uh, because... It's mostly travel for work that we're doing right now as we lead up to the tail end of the year as the holidays hit. We're going to try to take some trips. I think we already mentioned on a previous episode that we're going to knock out Hong Kong and Tokyo yep. or a little bit of Japan uh, around Thanksgiving. So that'll be fun. We'll go find some, I guess, Peking duck instead of turkey. I'd be shocked if we find a turkey in Japan, but something to look forward to. Um, and then we'll have rice instead of stuffing. We'll, we'll have some fun with it. Yeah. Sweet and sour sauce instead of gravy. <laughs> or is that Chinese? Uh, yeah. I'm so ignorant. Yeah, that's Chinese. Okay, moving on. Some udon noodles. <laughs> I don't know. So, so what did you do this week? Yeah, I think today's word of the day, once again, is going to be so. So for our listeners at home, every time you hear the word so, feel free to take another drink. Might need more than one bottle for that. Yeah, we might. Yeah, I went to Milwaukee, which is a city I'd never been to. And I was really only there, so I flew in. This is for work, so I didn't get to really do much exploring. But flew in, I think it was Tuesday, no, early Wednesday morning. Spent the day in Milwaukee, crashed there that night, got up early the next day, and took uh, an Amtrak train 
down to Chicago, up to Chicago. Over, over to Chicago. To Chicago, we won't. We won't try to figure out whether it's north, south, east, or west of Chicago. We'll look at a map next time. It's pretty bad. Um, but now that just goes to show you how how little I know about that big state in the middle that is the Midwest. Mm-hmm. We go to Chicago a lot, but this is the first time I've ever been to Milwaukee. And I think really the the key takeaway that I got from hitting the city, I didn't expect much of it. I figured it'd be like another Cleveland, you know, <laughs> like walk in there. I got one of everything, I suppose. But it was actually, it was I was incredibly impressed. I felt like it was a, not a sleepy Chicago, but more of a, the, when I walked through downtown Chicago or downtown Milwaukee, I got the feel that this is what Chicago must have looked like in the early 1920s or 1930s. It's got this very, I don't know what the architectural categorization is for the style, mm-hmm. but it's got that, it feels like you're in a 20s or 30s movie. And you've got the really thin fonts on the names of the restaurants painted on the glass. And the buildings look, they look like they were put up yesterday and that they were so clean. But it was definitely in this old world style. And they have, they're not, I wouldn't call them super high rises, but they've got some in comparison to New York. But they've got some really nice high rise brick buildings um, that are probably 100 years old. It sits right on a river. I think it's the Mississippi River that runs right through the city. And it really was, I mean, also I had some gorgeous, gorgeous weather. The nicest weather I think we've seen all summer. That's <laughs> awesome. Milwaukee. Yeah, but I had uh, mainly a couple of business meetings during the day and then went out with a prospective client slash hopefully new friend um, that uh, we met late in the day and went to a restaurant called the Iron Horse, which I guess is also a hotel. It was pretty neat. It had a huge outdoor patio. A lot of these little rooms that have couches in them and are very rustic looking. Um, a lot of wood and fireplace, brick fireplaces and awesome art all over the walls, like photographs and local artists that do weird stuff where they they like superimpose a photograph that's been like tinkered with in Photoshop on top of metal. And anything that was white gets sort of is, is transparent. And then it was just wild. Um, food was pretty decent. Drinks were awesome, obviously. Uh, we sat in the outdoor patio, and it had like these little fireplaces built into every table, and they were surrounded by couches. And it's right next to the Harley-Davidson Museum. Apparently, this is where Harley-Davidson headquarters is, I think, is in Milwaukee. It's oh, a fun fact. Yeah, who knew? Um, but And the Iron Horse has something to do. Um, this is just showing how much I don't know about what I don't know. But it's some sort of reference towards like uh, – motorcycle enthusiasts so there's like really cool it's like walking into planet hollywood but for like bikers if that was like the main thing and there's just cool little knickknacks all over the place um awesome it was it was a wednesday night so it wasn't really packed but i could see this being a really cool spot on like a friday or saturday night so i would totally go back to like if we go to next time we go to chicago if we have a few extra days apparently there's all sorts of really cool festivals that happen in Milwaukee, Summerfest, never heard of it, but apparently it's like this 10-day nonstop party in downtown Milwaukee, tons of food vendors, live music, um, and it's just, a, I wouldn't call it a quaint town, but like, if you could call a city quaint, mm-hmm. right, it's not super packed, it wasn't, everyone's super friendly, um, I was this close to saying to myself, you know what, I could almost live here, they have brand new, like, um, like a light rail 
system running through the city. So you have these tracks that are on the street. So you'll have like a cable car or what looks like a cable car running down the street, but it's on in the same lane as like the cars. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So it was a fun, I would, I, it's totally on my list now. I want to go back and give it its due, um, mainly because walking in, it's not that I had high expectations or low expectations. It's Milwaukee. The only, I didn't have expectations. Yeah. The only thing I know of it is, uh, like an Alice Cooper reference from a Wayne's World movie. And whenever whenever I'm screwing around and I drink too much and I think I'm playing air drums and then I'm done playing air drums, I raise my hands in the air and say, Thank you, Milwaukee. We love you. <laughs> Good night. I don't know why Milwaukee is always the city that I choose when I decide to, to walk out of my imaginary stage after finishing the world's greatest rock show. Um, but cool town. I would totally go back again. And next yeah. time we go to Chicago, we should we should seek it out in the summer or like in the late spring, early fall and shoot down there and just spend a weekend having some fun. Down, up or over. Or there. over. Or <laughs> in. Go into Milwaukee. Um, so how it sounds like it's pretty accessible from Chicago. How far away is it? I know you took the train from one city to the other. Yeah. So there's an Amtrak train that runs want to say it's like every half hour every hour on the hour mm-hmm. back and forth between milwaukee and chicago um i have to double check but i think it was at most like 90 minutes to get from point to point and it drops you off in union station in chicago which is right smack in the middle of everything you're mm-hmm. a few you know a few blocks from the waterfront the lake like near michigan avenue and um i think it's adams or franklin jackson one of the presidents name the street where it kicks you out and it's perfect location for a tra- I had no idea there was a major Amtrak train set I don't think we've taken many trains in Chicago no not at all no maybe some to get up to like Lincoln Park or or that area if we were downtown but anyway Chicago is like one of our favorite cities so the next morning I had meetings in the afternoon probably around one from like one to about four thirty-five o'clock I had meetings in Chicago so we took the train up in the morning and then I had a few hours for it to hop on my plane. Um, but, yeah, as far as Milwaukee goes, only hit up a couple of places. Um, didn't really do lunch. It was just that one dinner at Iron Horse. And I'd probably go there for drinks more so than food. I just mm-hmm. got a burger, and there was nothing special about it. They didn't ask me how I wanted it cooked. It's which, a little odd. Which is a little odd. Um, so it came out well done. <laughs> probably not your first choice. No, I prefer my burgers to be mooing when they fall on the table. <laughs> And, uh, but no, it was, I mean, really good. It was a cheeseburger. So the cheese was awesome. I'm guessing it was Wisconsin cheese and it didn't occur to me till just now. <laughs> See what you did there. Right. Um, so, ah, that's about it. So what was the scene like? Was it like a downtown kind of hustling, bustling during the day? A lot of business people walking around or what was the demographic no, like? So it's, it's definitely, if it, it feels like a ghost town city, <laughs> which I don't know if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. not like. There's tons of people walking up and down the street. It's very feels very laid back and and somewhat slow move. Not slow, but like patient. Mm-hmm. Right. The sidewalks are really wide, and you know, walking through the streets of downtown Milwaukee, we saw a handful of like business folks coming and going. Um, it does look like it's going through some sort of revival. Um, from what I understand, the one of the law firms that's in one of the quintessential buildings that's been there for a hundred years they're moving from point a to point b to some new building that's being constructed right now 
and mainly because the infrastructure within the building, whatever it is, running lines or, you know, because these things, these buildings were built 100 years ago, they weren't conducive to the way we utilize commercial real estate these days, where when a new business moves in, usually they knock down a ton of walls or they restructure the entire floor. And most of these buildings have these large concrete beams just going floor to ceiling. Can't really move those. I guess they're load bearing or something or the building would fall down. So you've got some big name businesses like these big name law firms or banks that are moving out of these older buildings and into newer ones because they're a bit more malleable, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, the couple of business folks on the street, um, it's not, I'm trying to think like when I'm in DC, everyone's in like a suit and tie, right? right? There's always a tie in New York. It's very fashion forward. You can, you can cruise around without the the people with the ties are, are finance finance or legal. Yeah. Everyone else is a bit more casual. I'd say New York city is a bit more business casual. Yep. Um, cause you've also got a lot of tech, a lot of fashion. So people get a little creative here. Chicago is a mix of everything. Um, I'd say Milwaukee is a, maybe a bit more conservative mm-hmm. from, a you know, how they dress. So it's, it's blazers, but with blue Oxfords and khakis, I guess, kind of vanilla, I suppose, if you're going to classify, you know, compared to San Francisco or Silicon Valley or Seattle or something where people get a little bit more creative with what they wear coming into the office. But I was impressed with how, I mean, I say it's conservative dress. That's just the business folks walking out on the street. But pretty much everywhere I went, you could tell that this is a very, very liberal city when it comes to like gender rights or accepting of other people. You know, so it was, I don't, I can't pinpoint one particular interaction. It was just like, not that it was in your face, like they're throwing big rainbow flags in your face, but anywhere you go, you'll see, you know, same sex couples hanging out, just having a cup of coffee in front of a Starbucks outdoors, a um, couple of transgender folks and or people that have, you know, using their faces, pin cushions or something and, and tattoos climbing up their neck and everyone and they'll be sitting down with like people in blazers and, you know, that have basically have nine to five banking job. But it was really cool to kind of see this nice little mix mm-hmm. of a little bit of everything. Uh, there are some cities that you go to, again, preconceived notions about what might be going on in America. There are certain cities you go to where you could be like, wow, this is everyone here looks the same. It's a very homogenous town. And Milwaukee's not like that. And, and I think when I think Wisconsin, I'm thinking, you know, four million white people who all farm you know, are dairy farmers and make some of the best cheddar cheese next to Vermont or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. I have to say, I absolutely knew nothing about Milwaukee. It was never a city. Not that I didn't want to go there. I just had never considered going there. So it sounds like you had a great experience and it's somewhere to definitely have on the radar. Some great bars. Like we went late night. So after we finished dinner and had drinks, we kind of went out to the suburbs somewhere and there's this place called the saloon on Calhoun mm-hmm. or I think they renamed it to the saloon on Calhoun with bacon which everything's better with bacon that's brilliant it's a great selling point for you yeah um so it was it was yeah twist my arm so we cruise out there and they had kind of a live jam going on where folks from the crowd would just rotate and come up on stage and either you know you're playing drums bass guitar or you're doing vocals or you're on the piano and nobody knew each other you know or played together and it's there was obviously some core group of people that keep this thing going but 
all these musicians, local musicians from all over the place, they come in and they're doing, they just rotate. It's like, all right, you get two, three songs, you get to play guitar. You get two, three songs, you get to play the drums. And so it's all these locals that come out to this. Otherwise, what would be a dive bar, but it's kind of big. It's got pool tables and darts and this huge open area where there's a bunch of tables. So it's a, a classy dive bar, I should say. Yeah. Um, what kept it not classy was the fact that it was like 11 o'clock at night and everyone's a little you know, a little buzzed and having a good time. Um, so the people weren't super classy, but that in my mind is more of a bonus. That's what I like about a dive bar is the characters that you get in there. And so you have musicians and people in from out of town and locals, and it's just everyone would rotate and play different covers. So some of it was a little karaoke-esque where, all right, hope this guy only has two songs, not yeah. four. Others were like, oh, I'll put that guy back up on stage. There's this one guy, Gabe or Gabriel, and he crushed rushed some Prince covers, which was a lot of fun. I'm a, kind of a Prince fan. Did a Raspberry Beret rendition. Got the whole place going. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds really fun. I don't think I've ever been to a bar like that, actually. Uh, there's quite a few here in New York City. I'm sure. I mean, we've got live music downstairs, but I feel like it's less, it's a little bit more organized than just pulling people out yeah, of the crowd. Booked. There's a blues jam at the Red Lion every Monday night where they do something similar. Um, it's not so much covers like these were these were your standards, your traditional like 70s, 80s, classic rock songs um, down in in New York at the Red Lion. It's it's traditional blues. So you're mm-hmm. not going to unless you follow blues, you're not going to recognize many of the songs, but they mix in a little bit of rock here and there and some crowd pleasers. And that's I mean, talk about an awesome a traditional dive bar. This place is packed, standing room only, small stage. I think some of your friends from one mm-hmm. of the things that you do had like a a night that they had a whole it's like a karaoke league or something but they have they're part of a karaoke league but they're also in a band yeah they're in a band but that's again it's just more booked and organized this what you went to sounds like an open mic live band karaoke theme i would absolutely love it it's a step up from karaoke for the most part all right (laughs) pretty much everyone up there is is either a professional musician or aspiring professional musician knew what they were doing knew the songs because so the step up on stage and just start you know, like, uh, what song do you know? And people can just pick up a guitar or pick up, uh, you know, hit the drums or play on the piano some song. If I say we're going to do Creedence Clearwater Revival, they can all just play it without, you know, pulling anything up, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, the Red Lion does a blues jam where they, they rotate people in and out. So certainly check that out. I think it's called Ed Sullivan's Blues Jam. Not the real Ed Sullivan, no. Different Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Who's not? He's not a fake Ed Sullivan. His name's Ed Sullivan, but he's not the the one from the one everybody else knows. That I'm, yeah, that guy. Yeah, so that's my Milwaukee trip. Awesome. Well, again, definitely somewhere that I guess we'll have on the radar. And if we ever head back out to Chicago, especially in the summer, sounds like you guys had great weather. We can uh, jet over there to Milwaukee as well. Yeah, I think what we need to seek out is this Summerfest thing, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And I'm sure there's people smacking their heads listening to us right now because we don't know what it is supposedly it's like one of the biggest music festivals in the world i mean 10 days is a really long time for a festival most are either a weekend long or a couple weekends long with a break in the middle but 10 days it's a long time to keep it going uh, my liver would jump out of my body yeah. and take the plane home it's like i'll screw you i'll see you when you get home i quit <laughs> 
And then, yeah, popped up to Chicago. And I didn't get to, it was just, you know, one day I got in probably around noon and my flight out was around eight o'clock and I had six hours of work in between. So I didn't do much after my last meeting. I just went and grabbed a cocktail somewhere while I waited out rush hour traffic before I went to the airport. Um, probably the coolest part of the trip was my Uber driver. <laughs> it's just a good conversation. But we've been to Chicago a ton. And I know that it's it's almost a second city for us whenever we can, we both have an opportunity to travel for work and go there quite a bit. So anytime we can try to overlap, we do it and stretch it into a weekend or like you'll go on a Thursday, Friday for work. And then I'll line something up to have Monday, Tuesday at work in Chicago and we'll spend the weekend there together. Yeah. So what, uh, what is it about Chicago that, I mean, cause I think it's a little bit different for both of us, but what's your, what's the magnet that's the gravity that pulls you back to Chicago? Yeah, there's a couple. So we obviously live in New York City, and I think the transition from New York to any other city is very dramatic. You know, you go from having everything at your fingertips here, everything's accessible, you, know, you get food any time of the day, everything's open 24 hours, and you go to any other city, and it's just not the same. You go to any other city, and you're like, wow, it's really clean here. Yeah. <laughs> very quiet I hear birds chirping I don't smell hot trash <laughs> where do they hide it all so I think after living here for actually today is my official six-year anniversary which is much longer than I ever thought I'd be here in New York six years in New yeah, York City I still can't believe it <laughs> but I think after you gotta start living, talking <laughs> talking funny it's not gonna happen People know I'm not from here, which I'm, not, <laughs> I'm still proud of. Um, but I think after living here for so long, going to other cities, like I said, seems a little bit more of a transition. But going to Chicago does not seem that drastically different. It just seems like a cleaner, nicer version of New York. A little bit slower pace. Everything's still there at your fingertips. But it just seems a little bit more pleasant and very, very comfortable. And we've hit quite a few neighborhoods there, too. We Now that we've gone back as many times as we have, we probably go there at least four to six times a year. Maybe not together, but we do hit it up probably once a quarter, yep. if, not, if not more. And if you had to, for someone who's never been to Chicago, right, and they're going to spend three days there, a long weekend. Let's say it's one of those like Labor Day, Memorial Day, because that's one of the times we really love going there. Mm -hmm. The weather's gorgeous and you could stretch out. You know, you could do a lot in three days in Chicago. What neighborhoods would you say they should seek out? Assuming they're staying downtown somewhere near like the, what is it, the Cloud Gate? The mm -hmm. Bean? The Bean? Yeah, so my favorite neighborhood is the West Loop. I always end up dragging us out there multiple times every single trip. We try to stay there when we can as well. So that's definitely my favorite neighborhood. It's sort of the kind of like a maybe, I hate to compare it to Stop Brooklyn. Stop comparing but <laughs> places to Brooklyn. The only reason I'd compare it is it's it's not downtown. It's definitely out of the city, but it's got so much culture and amazing food to offer. And Chicago, just in general, is one of those cities that you have to eat as much as you can. There's so many great restaurants. There's so many awesome rooftops to explore. Can I put you on the spot and ask you what your favorite restaurants are in Chicago? Yeah. Um, I've got a lot. They're definitely Not centralized. In Not in order. They're but. definitely centralized in the West Loop. Uh the Boca Restaurant Group is probably my number one go-to 
every single restaurant they've got are so some for, of my favorites. For those of us that are not in the, the restaurant game, when you say the Boca restaurant group, rattle off some names yeah. that some of us might recognize. So there's a restaurant called Boca, so not too far off. Cryptic. <laughs> I walked right into that one, did That's I? the flagship. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. It's a little bit higher end. Um, not white tablecloth high end. But Italian just, food? Just Almost. up there. Um, no, it's more... Eesh. Now I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed. They've got a, a crazy menu. They focus on meats. Okay. So I'd say maybe a little bit of a classic twist on American. New and American. I'm going to be really embarrassed if that's not true. But they've <laughs> 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 got a lot of small plates with really creative shit I've never seen before. Um, Bacon. Yep. <laughs> um, and then all of their other restaurants, mostly a lot of them are in the West Loop. Um, the one that's not that we've been to, which again, very like meat focused, is GT Prime. Remember we went there and we had a all out fancy Friday night dinner and it was that restaurant where there were a bunch of tables sat right next to each other and one side of the table you're sitting at a kind of like a booth and then the other side of the table there's chairs and you end up being very close to your neighbors and we ended up becoming very good friends with our neighbors at oh, that table. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember GT Prime yeah. and you're, I'm scrunching my face as you're, yep. and you're like, all right, he'll remember. This will come back to him. See, I take you to all these Boca restaurants, and you don't know that they're all tied together, but you and I have been to a bunch, and we've had the most amazing experiences at every single one. It was a good one, too, because I don't think we had to pay for that meal, right. which worked out really well, because <laughs> I think it was kind of pricey. And our waitress was like as cute as a button, tiny little human that was just – I don't know what it was about that night. Maybe it was like a late night, and we were just – riding high on the fact that we were in love with life Mm -hmm. we were in chicago the weather was beautiful we had done so much that day and now it's like late in the day and we're sitting down for this ridiculous five thousand calorie meal and the folks next to us were super chatty chattier than we are and it worked out really well and then we got the waitress involved and we had our own little mini party they had to kick us out we closed the place down didn't we yeah it was like one two o'clock in the morning whenever they shut down in chicago and uh, which is a little disappointing because we had nowhere to go to keep drinking, but it was definitely a highlight. Cool, GT Prime. Yeah. Now that's how I'll remember it. Exactly. Nice. Um, so they've got a couple other ones, and again, those two that I first mentioned are not in the West Loop, but the ones that are, they're very famous for Girl and the Goat. Stephanie Izzard, uh, Top Chef winner, opened up. I believe is that the it was cookbook? one of her. Yep, we have our cookbook. We've met her over in Chicago. Um, opened At up some this outdoor like food festival yep. or something, yep. right? Harvest Fest. Harvest Fest. Yeah. Stephanie, what now? Izzard. That's so it's Girl in the Kitchen, that yellow one. Cool. I'm yeah. staring at it right now. <laughs> Listeners at home can't see me moving my head away from the microphone to look at the bookshelf. <laughs> and I um, haven't tried cooking anything from it yet. They are a bit out of my league. Girl clearly knows what the hell she's doing in the <laughs> kitchen. Um, so those are some of my favorites. But again, just walking around the West Loop, there's so many amazing restaurants that are a lot of them are What's really the well known that I really like. I want to say it's called Taqueria or something with taco Another in the name. One. Yeah. Well, it was. Um, I think the last time we were there together, you're gonna you're gonna do some Google's your friend. I don't remember. <laughs> well, we sat outside at first, and then inside they have big picnic tables. Whatever it is. No, that I was, know what yeah. I know what you're okay, talking you're, about. You're envisioning yeah. it. Yeah. It's right Huge, across the street from Federales, which is a very popular outdoor. We were actually trying to go there, and there were far too many people for us to get in, so we ended up at the taco joint across yeah, the street. Yeah, I don't do lines yeah. if I can help it. Don't like lines. Yeah. Little sound effects from there's 
that definitely got picked up on the microphone. We sit on top of a hospital at the Keeping Wanderlust studio. <laughs> Not actually. We just live on a very busy street in New York City, and you are bound to get sirens multiple times a day in the middle of the night. It's hard to sleep without hearing something. And I think the band just showed up downstairs at the bar, so yeah. something was coming through the walls. Um, what about, I mean, so in terms of neighborhoods, if you had to rattle off three neighborhoods outside of downtown that if you're going to Chicago for a long weekend or if you're renting a bicycle and cruising around as you run to grab the map, I mean, yeah. outside of, because I know West Loop is definitely your true north when we hit when we hit Chicago. And it's great because it's a lot of warehouses. It looks like it used to be a lot of warehouses that have been converted into just really cool restaurants. Um, with high ceilings and just tons of space and a lot of unique concepts in that it's not like steakhouse, steakhouse, steakhouse or tacos, tacos, tacos. It's it's a little bit of everything walking down the street and everything is within a stone throw of each other. So you can do a nice little, you know, appetizer slash whiskey tour inside of a few hours and hit a bunch of great places. And it's mm -hmm. definitely probably the younger part of town. I'd say mid late 20s is crushing it in the West Loop. Yeah. Early 30s. So next to the West Loop, not physically, but I guess in terms of my list. my favorites on my list is Lincoln Park. We actually stayed there last time we went. And it's a very clean, very beautiful, higher end. I think it's one of the more expensive parts of town. That's funny. Because when I first went out to Chicago, this is back in the early 2000s for work. Um, all of the rooms in downtown Chicago were either booked up because of some conference that was in town or they were too expensive to put on the company dime. And I ended up in Lincoln Park and it was an absolute shithole at the time. So I'm going to say like 03, 04. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to correct myself. I think we stayed in Old Town, which is right next to Lincoln Park. Um, but Lincoln Park is right next to the water. So this last trip we were there, we went on a really long walk and we ended up yeah, on a beach. On a beach. Sandy Beach. Yeah. In Chicago. Which still seems like a phenomenon to me because I'm from Los Angeles and I have very different, you know, beaches that I'm used to and I still can't get over the fact that a lake has a beach with not large but waves. They're there. There's Ooh, sand. <laughs> There's beach volleyball courts. Like they've definitely done a good job with that area. Yeah. I would I would spend, I like the beach or the lake scene mm -hmm. and it's a nice cross between when, when I think lakes, I'm thinking of upstate New York, like Lake George or Cooperstown where it's, it's like almost serene glass, but then these tourist trap areas around it with, I don't know, these video game halls where you could still play skee-ball or something like that. And the lakes are all docks, right? Everyone owns a house or you're staying at a hotel that butts up right against the lake. Whereas here in Chicago, obviously, the lake is massive, it's Lake Michigan, and tons of sand. So it's like a cross between an actual sandy beach and lake atmosphere, but really impressed. I had never seen that, but we had I, you had never seen it before, right, prior to that? I mean, I'd never been, yeah, I'd never been on the beach. I had seen it from afar, but no, it's definitely my first interaction with, with that type of experience, and I loved it. I definitely want to go back in the summer, hang out a little bit longer next time. And get a bit more of that. Yeah, next time we should rent bicycles and get up there. Yeah. Because that was a healthy walk. And something that's really, really cool about Chicago is the biking scene. We've done that a couple of times. We haven't made it all the way up there. But there is a bike path that stretches pretty much along the entire length of the waterfront that at least I've seen. And it's so accessible. And you, you're definitely away from the main road. It's very safe. 
Um, and even biking through the city, it's the streets are so wide that, you know, aside from being in the heart of downtown, maybe it's definitely a bikeable city and it's a great way to see all that there is to see all the different neighborhoods, all the different restaurants and storefronts cover a lot of ground. And we love just riding along the waterfront, even mm-hmm. when we're downtown, cover a lot of ground. Yeah. So I'd say two out of every four times we go to Chicago, if the weather's nice, like, oh, let's rent bicycles. And we keep ending up renting them from the same place. And we go yeah. on and try to find a bike rental place. And it's always out of the way. Yeah. We also, we were walking. This was kind of cool. Um, I wish I could remember what the guy told us. But when we were walking through some park, when we were heading towards the lake, and I want to say it's attached to a zoo, so we can look up and put it in the show notes what the name of the park actually was. But we watched this baseball game, right? It was like local, local. It was like a not a little league, but it was it was a league where people got dressed up in full. It wasn't like a softball league or an after work softball league where everyone shows up in like sweatpants and and a dilly dilly t shirt. It was they had full uniforms, but it was. Baseball played by the rules of the early baseball Mm -hmm. clubs from the late 1800s. So they had these massive long bats that are probably, you know, if the average baseball bat is three, three and a half, four feet, three and a half feet long, this was like, it felt like five feet long. It looked like a stickball bat or a broomstick that was just had a massive barrel on the end. No one used gloves and they they were all dressed in this like late 1800s, early 1900s garb. And it looked like we were, we stepped into a field of dreams, you know, like we stepped on set to the field of dreams. And it was really cool. And we started chatting with an outfielder <laughs> while he was <laughs> explaining everything to us. And they said that he was part of a league that was in from, like, way out of town, something like that. Well, I think he was from the Chicago League, but the team that they were playing were from like some Minnesota. State. I want to like, say Minnesota, yeah. It was a hike for yeah. whoever it was, right? Like a four- or five-hour bus ride for them to get down to downtown Chicago. And there's like, seven or eight teams in their league. And... We should definitely look more into that. I'd love to find it. I, I remember being fascinated when he was telling us the story. Oh, yeah. And he was explaining the rules of the late 1800s baseball. Because this is like when baseball was invented in America. And there you've got all these, you know, people who were super nostalgic about it and take it really seriously. It's super competitive. And uh, I, I just got a kick out of all the outfits. I don't know if we took a took a photo. I don't, I don't think, think we, we did. did. Yeah. Missed We're, opportunities. Yeah. I mean, when you're in it, you don't want to – I'm I'm the worst at photos. You're pretty good at documenting. I like to just be present and experience the stuff when possible. Otherwise, I'd have my head buried into my phone everywhere we go. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. No, but that was a really cool experience. It was the funniest part is they weren't on a field with a mound or anything baseball related. They were just in the middle of a park. We were walking through and we didn't even realize we walked into the game. Yeah, we were in the game. <laughs> we weren't spectators anymore. <laughs> That was the coolest part. And there were clearly people who'd come out to watch. There were spectators sitting on the side. And it was just these guys. Who knew where the side was. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were no lines painted. It's just they found the biggest patch of grass they could find. And there's trees right in the middle of the field. So they're like, look, this is how it was back then. They didn't have structured, you know, no one built diamonds, right? You would just find a big patch of land and hope there weren't too many obstructions in the middle of the field. Yeah. It was really cool. Things you stumble across when you when you're traveling on foot. So something we do a lot. We go we we tend to put a lot of miles on. We should carry a Fitbit or something with us when we walk around these cities. I know we did in Taiwan. We were like walking for six hours because we got there at eight o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous. <laughs> Covered a lot of ground. I'd love to combine all the steps that we've had. 
that'd be awesome. Map it out. And the elevation for every time you make me climb up a gigantic (laughs) mountain or 5,000 stairs. (laughs) I'll be like, you've climbed 100 stairs. Chris is like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) So miserable. (laughs) Um, So I would say the other neighborhood that's worth checking out in Chicago is Wicker Park. And we ended up there for a little bit last time. We had been there before. And it's definitely a bit of a hike from the city. But there is a train that goes right there. I think it's only... I'm drinking all the wine. Do it. Go Sorry. for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's only about 20, 25 minutes outside of downtown Chicago on a subway. So absolutely doable. I think we made the mistake of taking an Uber there and got stuck in very heavy traffic. But... When was this? I'm refreshing. I'm trying yeah. to place. I'm not looking at a map. So nope. what did we do? So we were actually going there because we had some friends in town and we were celebrating a birthday party and we just didn't time it as well as we could have. And we said, oh, let's make plans to meet up at the birthday party. Then we'll go for a boat ride. And uh, we had tickets to something later that night. And mm-hmm. so we didn't even get to. So we got all the way out there, sat down, grabbed a bite to eat. And had to turn around. Exactly. Wow, that was pretty bad. That was our mistake. I think we could have been a little bit more strategic with planning. No, there was some sort of street fair that was going on at the time. We didn't even know. Yeah. It was like Wicker Park Fest or something that was going on. So there was just really, really bad traffic. So a third of Chicago was going to Wicker Park that day. And we stupidly stumbled into that. Yeah. So probably any other day it would take 15 minutes to get there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not bad at all, but it's a cool place. There's a lot of great restaurants. It's a it's just a neat part of town to walk around and grungier, grittier, right? It's a little bit grittier, which I think is why you like it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) To this day, I still say or not to this day, like I've been saying it my entire life, but I'd say and this is sort of a callback to stop comparing places to Brooklyn because Brooklyn used to be cool because it had this character grit to it and now it's become you know beards man buns and flannel and now everything and it became this hip place where the the real estate is absurdly expensive and it competes with Manhattan and it's just not it's everyone tried so hard to be different that they ended up all looking the same again they all tried to be unique differently whatever it is so now when places get compared to Brooklyn it, it definitely it rubs me the wrong way and there's the late 80s early 90s rivalry between queens and brooklyn that i will probably never leave my bloodstream but the coolest part of new york or the trendiest hippest part of new york i'd say is in philadelphia these days right because everything's become pretty homogenized here a little there's not much grit unless you really seek it out um, I'd say the East Village or the Lower East Side still has some flavor to it. But other than that, everything feels like you're in mid... Even downtown, like Financial District, feels like you're in Midtown. Yeah. Um, but Wicker Park, I felt, had some really awesome character to it. And Absolutely. I hope it hangs on to it. You yeah. Know, not a whole lot of chains, right? You don't see Starbucks on every corner. It's a lot of mom and pop shops, a lot of music stores. Mm-hmm. Still have a lot of posters, like on any pair of any any open space on a wall or a construction site. People putting up posters for shows that are happening, or so. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I like Wicker Park. <laughs> <laughs> Wrigleyville is probably top of my list. Um, just not that I'm watching a whole lot of baseball these days, but just the just the history behind the Chicago Cubs and the fact that they, you know, within the last couple of years overcame, you know, the fact that they hadn't won a world series since the late 1800s, early 1900s, something ridiculous, but it's such a cool little stretch of town growing up a Mets fan. We didn't, 
you know, across, there's no place to hang out around Shea Stadium as a yeah. kid. It's all chop shops, right, across the street. Um, whereas, like, Yankee Stadium has that little strip of bars right next to the stadium. Wrigleyville is the quintessential. If I were to build a baseball town, I would I would model it after Wrigleyville. Yeah. Nobody in New York is going to the stadium neighborhood to hang out unless you're seeing a game there. But we have gone to Wrigleyville a couple times and just gone to the bars right next door. I remember the first time we were in Chicago, we ended up there and we just wanted to check out the neighborhood and didn't realize that we ended up in the middle of a bar crawl. And there were like herds of people jumping from one bar to the next. And we somehow, we never saw the schedule, but we somehow always ended up at the bar they were headed to next before they'd get there. So it felt like they were following us. <laughs> and as soon as they showed up, we'd have to leave because then we couldn't get another drink because there were too many people there. Yeah. So we'd go to the next bar, order a drink, sit down, it'd be dead. And then within 15 minutes, there'd be this horde of drunken, you know, pub crawlers. And this isn't like a five-person, ten-person pub crawl on a bachelor party. This is a hundred to two hundred plus people, super organized event. I think they were all wearing the same T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got that off the ground. I was impressed, but super friendly. Loved hanging out with the Chicago drunks. They're hands down some of my favorite drunks in the world. I would. <laughs> get drunk with them anywhere (laughs) especially in Wrigleyville hey for me when I travel I'd say half of it is me drinking is like so if you make me climb up 5,000 stairs during the day my reward I'm always hoping there's going to be a slide at the top and it's never there but my reward is usually you letting me drink my face off that night and refill those calories that I burn I'm usually joining you Um, But I have actually been, actually not with you, I was there for work one time and I ended up going to a game at Wrigley Field and then going to the bars after. Super jealous. I still am yet to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah, it was a very, very cool experience. And Fun fact, did you know it was the last stadium to actually put in lights so that they can play night games? I did not. I did not. Well, I have another fun fact and I learned this while there. They have obviously the stadium full of seats and then across the street there is a couple apartment buildings that have put bleachers on their roofs and sell tickets to the game because the wall's low enough that when you're sitting on their roof you can see into the ballpark. I love that that still exists because when they build these new ballparks or new stadiums they usually throw up walls or or obstruct your view. Yankee Stadium used to have um, a building – like the old Yankee Stadium used to have a building that you could see. So my dad would tell me, from the judges' chambers, you could see right into, you know, right into Yankee Stadium because there was an opening in the outfield and you could see right in. Can't have that anymore. Yeah. Now they put up all these walls, force you to pay to get in and drink $12 beers. Yeah, well, I've been to a couple of different stadiums. I've definitely never seen this before, and it was something that absolutely stood out. It seemed like they were having more fun outside of the field than we were, and just what a crazy thing to see. I'd be super embarrassed if you've been to more baseball parks than I have, but I think you might be running close. I mean, been to a handful. (laughs) I'm sure you've been to more. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we we do the uh, overrated, underrated, five-star, you know, if – we're going to map this out somehow. This is totally arbitrary. Points don't really mean anything. But if we're going to try to scale this, so like a one star is absolutely miserable, mm-hmm. would never recommend it to anybody. Um, this is meant to be more rapid fire in that, you know, we'll cover the topic and move on instead of diving too deep into it. Or So if you had to rate the cuisine or the food scene in Chicago, one to five stars, five being 
awesome. You'd live there for no other reason than just to get fat. And yeah. one star being, it almost killed me. I got parasites and I was within an inch of my life. <laughs> Which has happened in some other cities. Uh, this is probably going to be a pretty boring game because Chicago is, like you said, one of my all-time favorite cities. And one of my favorite cities for almost all the reasons we're probably going to cover. But food, probably the number one reason I love it so much. It's an eating city. There are so many different restaurants. And not just that, but there's so many affordable restaurants that you don't have to go out to the nicest, coolest, trendiest new place to get good food. So in comparison, so if you gave Chicago five stars, would you go that far? Would you? I'm- I mean, Definitely. Yeah. You would give it five stars. Absolutely. You had, so New York, obviously, big food scene, and you know the restaurants here really well. If you had to pick one over the other, I know I'm putting you on the spot, and you're going to make a lot of – you're probably going to get some daggers thrown at you. But if you had to pick one over the other, could you could only eat in one city for the rest of your life, and your choices were New York or Chicago. Which one would you pick? I'm sorry to New York, but that's an easy one. Definitely oh, Chicago. Wow. Definitely. Wow. There's no question about it. There's so many restaurants here that it's, I mean, they're amazing. Don't get me wrong. Some of the top chefs in the world, but it's impossible to get into or you get into it and you're sitting on top of your neighbor and it's really hot. There's no air conditioning. Like there's so many reasons that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd still probably give New York a five, but. <laughs> <laughs> but the edge is going to go to Chicago. The edge definitely goes to Chicago. I love, I just feel so much more at peace dining out in Chicago, if you will. And, and I'm not breaking the bank most of the time. Fair enough. So, so I would, I would give the edge to New York, but only because I'm super biased and I, I'm a, you know, I, I have nothing against deep dish pizza. I'll eat it every time I go there, but I view it as like lasagna as opposed to New York pizza, which is the Holy grail when it comes to pizza. Um, a good bagel. We've had bagels there and I'm just not, and again, and diner food. So my top three, you know, if there were staples in my diet, it would be diner food, bagels, and pizza. <laughs> well, um, I'd back you up there. I would say <laughs> the pizza here is way better. It's just not, and I try to go a little bit healthier, so it's not something that I typically flock to. Um, I will give the edge to Chicago on the hot dogs, though, which is not something you hear from too many New Yorkers. Yeah. So I, I when I got out of my meeting – Earlier this week, first thing I did, I happened, not that I sought it out, but I happened to be walking past a place that had Chicago dogs. I'm like, done. Two bucks, meal. Yeah. I was pretty happy. Um, moving on. So how about the weather? So climate. It's weather. a yeah. good question. Um, I think we, I mean, again, it's one of our favorite cities. It's a city we've actually talked about moving to many times, but the ultimate thing that ends up holding me back are the horror stories about the weather and just how cold and windy that it gets in the winter. Um, I personally, I've been there a lot of times throughout the year and I have never experienced that trauma. I think I'm very lucky, but my first time to Chicago was in February or March and it was totally manageable. So I would say, I can't give it a number, but I've heard it gets freezing cold from people who've lived here. And other, other cold cities, so. Kind of touched on this already, stretching a dollar, the cost cost of living. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I don't know what number. I guess maybe I'd go. So I'd if we're comparing like, it against the rest of the world, it's going to be pricey. But I, comparing I, it to other major cities that you'd go to in North America. I would probably give it a three. Again, right. giving 
the rest of the world a chance there. Um, it's definitely not a cheap city by any means, but we're coming from New York every time, so it feels incredibly affordable. Yeah, So, in, and I think we need to adjust our scale there a little bit because in terms of cities that are going to be expensive relatively mm-hmm. to New York, they're going to be a handful or, or maybe 10, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got your Londons, your Tokyos, Switzerland's. Switzerland's not a city. It's a country. It's okay. Um, whatever the city is in Switzerland, I should know. Zurich. Yeah. Pull that. So I know these things. (laughs) It's a full bottle of wine. You're not helping me drink this at all. I am. Are you? Yeah. I feel like I've had three and a half glasses and you've had a mouthful. Who's keeping score? So what would you give it for cost of living slash stretching a dollar? Um, I would, I mean, again, super biased because my point of reference is New York City, but we had a really good time pretending to be a couple that was looking to move to Chicago one time. I think we spent an entire Sunday looking at apartments all over town, and I was just blown away with how much bang you can get for your buck, and it just feels like the real estate market in Chicago doesn't do what it does here, right? In a big city, you expect it to just progressively climb each year, right? Get in early, right? Find an apartment, but you could get like a two-bedroom apartment in a fancy amenity building with a gym and a pool and a doorman and a place to put your bicycle and a parking spot, and you're right in the heart of downtown for something like eighteen hundred to twenty-three hundred dollars, which I know sounds outrageous to most of middle America, but in comparison to New York City, where we have a shoebox, you know, and no amenities and all the noise in the world. <laughs> and hundred year old, you know, infrastructure and plumbing. There's it's it's pretty impressive. So I would you know, I'd give it a three if we're comparing it to the rest of the world, probably a four, you know, if you start throwing in um the developing world, right? Because you can really stretch a dollar in certain places, um, like in Southeast Asia and mm-hmm. Eastern Europe. But so four uh, so sorry, as we yeah, get it's probably higher. A four four well I don't I don't even know how the scale works. We just <laughs> invented this. Um <laughs> Getting around, accessibility, public transit. Yeah, well, there's definitely traffic there, um, a lot of traffic. Like, I've had some meetings well outside of the city in what should take 20 minutes in a car, and it's taken an hour to get there. I went to a wedding outside the city one time, and I think it took us twice as long as it should have because of traffic. So getting around outside of downtown, if you can't take public transit, then I would give it a poor, like a very poor rating. I've sat in a lot of Chicago traffic in my time. Um, With the public transit, though, if you can get there via train, it is very clean, very accessible, very on time. Yeah. So figuring out how the trains work, though. So some cities, it's super intuitive, even in a foreign language. So if someone's coming over to the United States, and let's say they're from Europe or from from Asia or Australia even, Mm -hmm. and they come into Chicago and they want to use the subways and the trains, they have like the the elevated trains, they have the subways, they have buses, they have all sorts of really cool ways. It's it's super accessible mm-hmm. from that respect. But how easy would you say is it for the uninitiated to just figure out the transit system? Yeah, I think it's pretty standard for how most transit systems, public transportation systems are around the world. I think every train station you go to the sign tells you the direction, which is the so last compared stop. To New- I, would, I would put New York up there with one of the most complicated, cryptic systems known to man. Right? You never know, to this day, right? I grew up here, to this day, there's always going to be one or two times a year where I get on the wrong side of the platform and find out I'm going to the Bronx when I'm trying to get to Brooklyn. So compared to New York being 
you know, one of the more cryptic, difficult places to understand this in a bus. Like, God help me if it weren't for Google Maps. Right. I remember being a kid trying to take the bus and it was it was like the information was hidden. Like if you knew how to navigate the bus system in New York in the 80s and 90s, you needed to have at least a at least a master's degree in quantum <laughs> mechanics or something. All right, I should probably just let you answer this because you just had a massive buildup that I can't relate to. I've never found New York transit difficult. I've definitely made mistakes, but it's always been my fault. Like I've definitely gotten on the subway going the wrong direction and been like, yeah, that was definitely my, I just wasn't paying attention. And I mean, I've I, done it in every city I've gone to whenever, because I, I like to seek out finding, you know, because like in San Francisco, I want to ride those trolley train car things that are yeah. just dinging around the street. Yeah. Um, and, and they have like a subway system or their version of a subway system, which is, you know, either a light rail above. I've screwed that up plenty of times mm-hmm. in San Francisco. I'd put San Francisco and New York on the same level where do your homework before you show up. And then good luck trying to buy the right ticket Mm -hmm. because you come to New York, you you get into Grand Central and you've got the subway, you've got Metro North. And what you're trying to do is get out to Long Island. And it turns out that you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong train station. Yeah. I tried to help some poor guy who was like standing in front of the the ticket machine the other day. And I just got, usually as a New Yorker, you kind of just blow past, like someone's looking, has this poor sorry look on his face he's clearly confused and i think he was trying to get to i don't know where he was from but he's from japan or china or this is you know he his english wasn't great and he was trying to explain to me where he was trying to go and he was we were having a really difficult time communicating but turns out he was trying to get to new canaan but he's underground new canaan's in connecticut i know you're looking at me like never heard of it so he's trying to get to Connecticut, and he's underground, and he's looking at the machines, right? And I just walked over because he was super comp, you know, definitely having a hard time figuring out which ticket to buy, and he's buying a subway ticket when where he needs to go is upstairs to right. catch the Metro North. So that's stuff like tough. that's going to happen to people. And anyway, so Chicago, I, I found it super easy. And we both went to pull up the – you talk now. <laughs> You found it super easy. I agree. I think it's one of the the easier systems to navigate for sure. Um, All right. Let's move on to friendliness of locals. Again, from my perspective, I think the Midwesterners are some of the nicest people out there. I have had my run in with what I call Minnesota nice, where it's they're not being nice. They're saying everything in a very friendly inflection. And they're really just being passive aggressive. But I didn't I don't get a whole lot of that from Chicago or even Milwaukee. I'd say Milwaukee might be a little bit nicer than Chicago just because they have, you know, there's less hustle and bustle. Right? You're walking around downtown Chicago at, at rush hour. There's a lot of people on the street and they all have, you know, a million people with a million disparate mm-hmm. intentions trying to get where they're going. But in general, I'd say the Midwest, that that area, Illinois. Wisconsin, Minnesota, they're generally nice people. They wave at stop signs. <laughs> they come to a four-way stop and they don't even need to know you. <laughs> I would agree with that. It's definitely one of the nicer cities that we've been to, the people that we've interacted with. We've always made friends at the, you know, the bar or on a tour or wherever we've gone. So, um, absolutely I'd say it's one of the friendlier cities. I do feel more with. comfortable chatting up strangers when we're out and about in Chicago than I do in New York. Same. So, as far as North American cities go. What about nightlife? 
I mean, everywhere I go. So night, again, this is all perspective, but nightlife is. So in Chicago, it's a big bustling city. I wish it didn't shut down at one or two o'clock the way it does. We've had a few, t- few nights where, cause we're usually there on the weekend doing, you know, and we'll go out for a late dinner and then we ran into situations like we did at GT prime where they kick us out at 1am yep. and there's nowhere to go. Um, so if you're looking for an, an all nighter experience, it's probably not going to happen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we didn't have a good time when we did that booze cruise and that went pretty late. So we got off the boat. We went and did a, it was, I don't even think it was a special weekend. Like it wasn't a memorial or a long day. No, it was just in the summer and it was on a Saturday. They do uh, fireworks on the lake every Saturday in the summer. And we ended up taking a booze cruise. We had got a, a open bar ticket and basically just cruised around the river and then went out hours, into the yeah. lake. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and then we come back and then we're hanging out at some, you know, they set up these tiki bar type places along the these inlets that come in from the lake that run through the city. Had a blast. Yeah. So there's nightlife. I'd give it a four or five. There's if. If you're seeking out a particular experience, you can find it in Chicago. It's a major city. Yeah, yeah I it's agree. It's an easy one. I'm not one to want to go out super late, so I think the bars closing doesn't affect me <laughs> too much. Um, but I love, I mean, I love the bar scene. There's every type of experience you could you could want and ask so for. You've, Piano you've been bars, to some really cool, bars. who's that guy with the the chef with the tongue cancer? I'm trying to Grant Atchats. All right, so didn't he, he does one of these really fancy experiential bars where i've seen videos that you've put up on instagram of the drinks that you've had like they are a scene the drinks that you've had at yeah one of his places he's really famous for the restaurant alinea and it's unfortunately not somewhere that i've been but if you've heard of alinea that's the chef that we're talking about it's one of the top restaurants in the entire country or world um but he's also got a bar and i'm totally blanking on the name right now it's a. Uh, is it attached or next oh, to it's Alinea? The, it's, sorry, it's the Aviary, and it's in the West Loop again. Favorite neighborhood for drinks, food, all of the above. Um, but yeah, every. But can you drink, just walk into that bar and grab it, or? I think you possibly can. It. I think it's very hard to. But Alinea is different, right? You have to like buy a ticket or something in advance. So for both of them, you have to buy a ticket. They invented this system called Talk. It's a ticketing system. You buy the tickets in advance, and part of that money, part talk? of talk, like a clock. Yeah. Okay. Part of the basically ticket rate or the deposit that you put down goes towards the cost of your experience, your meal, your drinks, whatever it is, and so I think there's like a you know minimum rate you're going to spend there. Obviously, the drinks are all absolutely expensive don't go there if you're trying to be frugal and save but every single backpacker destination no but every single drink is an experience so So the slingshot so the one i'm thinking of is i think the slingshot drink yeah not that we don't want too many spoilers but i'm guessing they're they change up their drink menu from time to time um what i remember is it's just a glass with an ice cube in it, and they have rubber bands on either side of the glass holding that connect in the middle to a rock, and then you pull the rock back like towards your chin, I guess, mm-hmm. if it's sitting on the table, and you let it go, and it hits the ice cube, and it's just like perfectly round ice cube, and then inside the ice cube is your cocktail, and it fills the glass. That's, I mean, I'm going straight off of what I've seen on Instagram. Yeah, so. I think I that was my first drink there, and I sent you a picture. We ended up... I went with a friend the first time, and I think between two of us, we got five drinks to 
share. We're still paying interest in our credit cards for those drinks. They (laughs) were some of the stronger drinks I've ever had. And it was, it was definitely a night, but every single one was worth it. One of the cooler ones was definitely the slingshot. That was the first one I got and still probably my favorite because I love whiskey and it just is in line with what I typically order at a bar. But the next drink I got, I don't remember what the alcohol was. It was probably a bourbon of sorts, but it came in a bag and they carry this what, like a bag out, a plastic bag. Like with I went a to the glass grocery inside. store and I bought bananas and they threw it no, into a No, kind of like a pillow, like okay. an enclosed bag. So the glass was inside it. And then what they did was they opened the bag and there was all of this smoke that came out and it was clearly infusing and scenting the drink itself. And it was this smoky kind of a bourbon drink. You would have died for oh. it. Let's go to Chicago. Yeah, absolutely died for it. I hate that we're drinking wine right now. <laughs> um, so every drink is an experience. It's totally worth the cost. It's not, to be honest, not ungodly expensive. I think it's like 20 bucks a drink or something like that, which you That's could find. That's ungodly expensive. You could find those rates <laughs> at a lot of rooftop bars. Also in Chicago, in New York City, definitely. So if you're drinking on a budget, don't go to the aviary. <laughs> but if you want to throw down... You know, if you want to spend less than a hundred bucks for a night out drinking, and it's different for dudes, right? If dudes are out looking for love, then they're going to spend two hundred dollars. But if you're if you're buying your own drinks as a female and you want to stretch a dollar in Chicago, can you think of one or two places off the top of your head where it's quasi affordable? Yeah, there's there's a lot. I would say most places are under two hundred dollars. This is the outlier in the definitely. My favorite one, I think it's called. I want to say it's called Green Street Market or something like that. I, I might be making that up, but it's this place also in the West Loop. We stumbled into it. It's Sawada Coffee by day and then a bar by night. And it's Sawada? This, Is yeah, that what you said? Yeah. It's a, it's a coffee joint and a bar. And it's basically, it looks like this huge barn that you walk into. There's string lights across the ceiling and down the walls. There's a sink with beer on ice you just grab your beer and pay for it and go and oh i've been there with you yeah it's yeah. we stumbled into it our first time and it is hands down one of my all-time favorite places because you just don't expect it when you go you yeah, walk I in had sink and, beer the whole yeah. time i'm drinking sink beer the and gigantic like toll boys of some three dollar beers yeah. super affordable pinball such machines a cool area outdoor picnic tables yeah graffiti art on the wall outside yep yeah, I love that place. I know. So absolutely affordable places to Isn't it next door out. to the place that does the fried bologna sandwiches? Am I thinking Oh, Cheval? Sounds right. Yeah, where the Cheval? one night we put our name in and yes. they're like, it's, four it's hour 11. Wait. Yeah, it's a four-hour wait. And sure enough, we're back in our hotel room and it's like two in the morning and they send me a text saying my table's ready. Yeah. Like, you got to be fucking Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Definitely worth it. But go put your name in don't expect to eat for a couple hours get some drinks next door and then head over for it's some great. sandwiches so that's my one caveat because i do like diner food and i'd say that is the that's like upscale yeah. diner food not that i would wait four hours for it but i did get the opportunity to eat there with with you guys once yeah and i was blown away i was hurting i was definitely rolling out of that place <laughs> the night was over it's not light it's not where you go on a diet no we're going to do a follow-up episode on all the restaurants and bars that we love in Chicago because <laughs> we could go on forever. Personal safety. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, from what I hear, Chicago is one of the less safe cities in the country. Uh, crime rates are pretty high, but 
from my personal experience, I've never felt unsafe there. I think a lot of it is Chicago's a massive area with a very wide radius. And I don't think we were ever in a neighborhood that's too far out of downtown. So we've always felt safe. We've never ventured too far, but it's, yeah, and, it's and never the been bad, a scary The situation. bad neighborhoods, you can you know when you're in one. So they're pretty easy to avoid as a traveler. If there's people coming through Chicago, if they hear that the murder rate's real high or the crime rate's real high, that shouldn't be a deterrent to go Mm -hmm. check out Chicago because you've actually got to go seek out the super, you know, sketchy parts of town. Yeah. We we seldom run run into them, if anything, pass by them, through them. All right. Access to natural beauty or nature. Uh, I would say I'd give it pretty high ratings. I think it's in... It's a major city surrounded by a lot of green open spaces. Obviously, the lake is right there. That's gorgeous. Um, I think there are a lot of clean parks. The lake gives them a leg up, and they have some pretty decent parks there, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of space to work with. Mm -hmm. So I would put it as far as major metropolitan areas go. um, And I'm, I'm trying to think of other big cities, right? they do the best they can with what they've got because they've got millions of people stacked on top of each other, but it's not like, it's not like going on. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. You have to outside of the lake. I don't think we've ever done anything where we've sought out. It's not like you can go on a hike right into the mountains or like you have to go, you have to go seek it out. Yeah. I think every time, I mean, I don't think we've ever sought out anything like that. So I guess we're probably not the best people to speak to it. Well, I think the idea is that it's not a city you go to. If you're, if you're on a backcountry road trip, mm-hmm. it's not, if you're doing national parks, Chicago's not going to be high on your list, but I think they do a pretty good job with their parks and the, and they do such a great job with the lake. The fact that the city sits on the lake, you feel like you're close to nature the entire time. So it's got a nice, Nice touch to it. Give it a three. Yeah, I would probably give it a three. What about cultural diversity? Big city. Any big city. Uh, I'd say the most culturally diverse city I've been to is Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> um, so compared to KL, I'd give it a three. So if KL is a five. Um, New York, I wouldn't call. A lot of people would say New York is the most is a culturally diverse city, but I feel like we're very segregated here. We all kind of stick to our little pockets or our neighborhoods or our bubbles. I would disagree with that. Like looking out the window right now in a pretty high-end neighborhood, neighborhood, I've seen almost every walk, every of, life. walk of life. So, yeah, I would I would say New York is probably a four. I would say Chicago is probably a two. It is a major city, but I think you do get a lot of the same. Yeah, you get – so if you're hanging out in the West Loop you're hang, and you're hanging out in downtown – it is very it can feel homogenous at times mm-hmm. but i don't at the same time right i don't think it's the type of neighborhood it's not like going to mobile alabama where i'm going to stick out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. you know for not looking or sounding like the rest of them chicago i think is super accepting as as a city you'll have yeah. all walks of life there so it's not you know if you're if you don't fit the mold of whatever you know the trying to think of the right non-racist way of saying this right if you don't fit this like perfect mold of what you know i'm screwing this up left and right <laughs> this is a bottle of wine it's an accepting city i'd agree with that i just feel like yeah. you don't see the culture that you see in a lot of other cities yeah well it's there you got to find it though yeah. i mean there's you know awesome 
ethnic restaurants culture and, and there's definitely tons of culture there they have a big art scene mm-hmm. you know but it's not again from where we are if i don't feel like there's much difference from new york to chicago walking down the street so i guess my bar is somewhere wherever new york is on the cultural diversity scale that's my baseline and places like mississippi are scary to me (laughs) (laughs) and places like kuala lumpur are fascinating to me (laughs) all right so let's wrap this up and finish off with the first time somebody travels to chicago what do they have to see when they get there um i don't know stop grab a hot dog right away right because they put celery salt a pickle um tomatoes onion you're stealing my wine are we out of wine that's the last of the wine um what else they put so much stuff on it onions pickle i think it's mustard i don't remember i gotta go back to chicago get into the hot dog so stop get and don't go to some place that go get a normal dollar dollar fifty hot dog somewhere chicago dog um eventually get some deep dish pizza because you're there and you have to but must do have a hot dog in chicago all right i like that yeah (laughs) mine's a little different of course mine's always (laughs) going to be comfort food related or go get hammered with this dude at this bar very specific mine's going to be a little bit more touristy because that's me (laughs) the quintessential tourist in any city Well, I would not see any touristy stuff if it weren't for you. Yeah. Like I would just, I would go to new cities and just post up at a bar for as long as I could do not walk up any stairs and then seek out the nearest comfort food locale, like destination. So my go-to activity would be do the architecture tour, which is the boat cruise along the river. And they have a bar on the boat. (laughs) Of course, there's drinking involved, but no, you you cruise down the river, and there's some of the craziest architecture in Chicago that. And the tour guides are really engaging too. Like you could have a lot of fun just listening to the stories behind some of the buildings that are there. Yeah. In big cities, we take pride in our buildings. We really do. They have names. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're part of the family, and And Chicago's one of those. I think they filmed a lot of movies in the buildings there. I think Batman was one of the big ones. They have a massive, the post office was the setting for one of the movies everyone's seen. That everyone's, you can't think of the name of the movie. I think it's the Batman movie, isn't it? One of them? There were 74 Batman movies. Regardless. All Batman movies (laughs) are filmed in either Newark, New Jersey, or in Chicago, in that underground city that they yeah. have, where all of the that's where they hide all the garbage. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the architecture tour is awesome. You have to get on the river at some point while you're there, so that's my must-do activity recommendation. And rent a bicycle. Yes. Rent a bicycle, ride around. I don't. We've done it even in like quasi-cold weather, where we were yeah. wearing jackets and our hands were starting to get numb from riding around the lake. But it's so scenic it's like the, the chicago skyline is a sight to behold if you can get it from a distance which is not always easy to do because you're on the lake right whereas if you're in the lake if you're way out there in the lake on a boat and you're looking back onto chicago it's kind of cool yeah so. i guess the last thing since you said that i would say is the ferris wheel out in navy pier oh wow i love a good ferris wheel and you get such a great view back at the city you're like just outside it but also on the waterfront it's it's one of the best views I think I've seen. 
we we got lucky the one we've only done it once because it is super touristy it is the tourist trap is navy pier um but we got lucky the day we went there they had some sort of air show going on where they had all these like fighter jets and yeah. the blue angels flying over us while we were in this ferris wheel and it's not your rinky dink like county fair ferris wheel it's this gigantic bubble that you sit in that could easily house eight people comfortably probably quasi comfortably if they're smaller than me they'll be comfortable so yeah so anyway chicago definitely somewhere to venture out to one of our favorite cities milwaukee somewhere i haven't been but we're gonna Chris seek out recommends. Milwaukee. before we wrap up there's one long one last question on the uh, rapid fire question list that i want to throw at you okay. do you have can you think of an embarrassing moment in that, Chicago? Yeah, that you had in Chicago. I know you've got a ton here in New York, and we'll have we'll probably dedicate an entire session to silly stuff that you've done in New York City. Can you I know we're not in there. Usually this is designed to be yeah. we just happen to be in this city or we're there right now. Like we're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we did something stupid. Um, that's a good question. I definitely do embarrassing stuff everywhere because I'm a huge klutz. I'm trying to think of something that stands out in Chicago. Yeah, Do you have one? I can't. I'm, I'm racking my brain right now. I know one of my, I mean, I experienced a very fangirl moment, which is always a little embarrassing. Do it. Very humbling. But Where? Well, when we met Stephanie Izzard and Paul Kahan, I was very. Oh, you very... were gushing. You were, gu- you were so nervous. Yeah. Was, you were waiting in line. You had just bought the cookbook and yeah. you were getting it autographed. And the closer you got to going up there. You could see, you're like, what am I going to say? Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. It was super nerve wracking. And and I think I made you go get the cookbooks. I was like, this is a big line. I want to meet them. I know they're not going to be out here very long. I'm going to get in line. You go get the cookbooks. <laughs> Bring them back. And then I made you take the pictures. Got an awesome photo with them. They were both really nice. But I mean, I don't know that I, you know, would call it super embarrassing. But I mean, I was definitely humbled in that scenario. They're really, really well-known chefs and we work with them and it was a very exciting moment for me. So you're adorable. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Last one. And then we'll shut it down and open up that other bottle of wine or go downstairs and listen to the music. Um, Romantic setting. We've been there a lot, so and we do like every time we go to Chicago, it's every night's a date night for us. Yeah. So if you had to pick, if there's a couple going there for the first time, where would you send them? Other than the Ferris wheel at sunset on Navy Pier for a romantic setting. There's so many. Trying of the top romantic setting. Rattle off a couple. I, there's, I feel like there's a few hitting your brain right now, and you're you're fighting for top spot. I mean, we've had so many awesome moments there, and a lot of them are just not bar hopping to say. But we've been to so many amazing restaurants and had some of the best experiences there. I think a lot of it is just the experience and the the homey feeling that we get once we're there. I don't I don't know about like what do you have. I don't know. I, I don't I can't pick one or two off the top of my head. There was a bar we went to recently that was on the roof of some place that had, you know, an awesome fire pit or, or not fire pits, but had exposed fire all over the place and little couches. And it was I feel like it was on the top of a hotel yeah. or something like that. And we just happened to be there at sunset. We should f- probably. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, I know exactly. I think it was the Conrad Hotel. I want to okay. say yeah, we so it was an Asian restaurant. Um, anything on the water, I feel yeah. like. 
um, is super romantic. I had so much fun on that that booze cruise because it wasn't. I mean, it didn't get boozy until much later in the night. So the the hours leading up to it, just kind of hanging out mm-hmm. on a boat, and there were a lot of other couples and families there, and everyone was having. You know, it felt romantic. It felt like other people were there, you know, having a date night. I'd agree with that. And I'd say maybe one of my top memories of a romantic experience we had is we got in really late. We were going for a weekend. It was our my very first time to Chicago. I don't know if oh, you'd been there before. Purple pig? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. We can edit that what out. What is the we matter get, with I you? I got excited. You steal all of my thunder. I had a whole build-up story ready. Yes, the purple pig. So what I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted (laughs) is that (laughs) we got in really late. Our very first time going together, my first time ever. I... Had you been there before or was that your first time? No, I'd been to Chicago before, but you and I hadn't. This is also early in our relationship, I feel like. It was, we weren't living together yet. We went out to Chicago. I can't remember the, I think we had overlapping work trips and we stressed it into a weekend. So we landed really late. I think we landed about 11 on a Friday. We got to the hotel around midnight and somehow, very unlike us, we hadn't eaten all day and we were starving. We like really wanted a full meal and we hadn't even, I mean, we got to the room, we were planning, oh, let's go out, let's grab a bite. Didn't even consider the fact that it was past midnight and kitchens close at a certain point. So I pulled up an article of top places to eat in Chicago past, yeah, you know, after hours. Or something, right? Places with like, kitchens yeah. still open. And I was like, this is convenient. Let's pick one and go to it. And so we picked the Purple Pig. It had great we ratings. Were angry. We, we were really, really hungry, really hungry. And we get there and it's a place, if you're trying to go there, it is really, really tough to get into. It's just incredibly popular. It's right on Michigan Avenue in the heart of downtown and it's incredible food. But we went there obviously really late. We ended up getting a spot at the bar and we were right at the bar where you're in front of where they're cooking. They basically cook, I think, almost everything out in front of their guests. And we were sitting at the bar and ordered some wine, of course, ordered I think a couple of things to start and then as the night went on we continued to order the food that we'd see come out that looked amazing yeah so it's all open concept from a kitchen standpoint all the appetizers and stuff were being where the seat that we were at was if it's an l-shaped bar Mm -hmm. we were at the bottom right corner of the l so it was where people were coming where the servers were coming out of the kitchen Mm -hmm. where they cook stuff in the back and then there was the section right in front of us where they prepared I'd say half the menu and we got in there seven or eight chefs, sous chefs and, and cooks right in front of us. And instead of, like you said, looking at the menu, we picked one or two things off the menu. And then we would just say, we want one of those. Yeah. And we'd point to the dish that was running out to one of the tables. And it was late. It was midnight and the place was packed. I mean, it was midnight when we started. I think we ended at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we favorite dish, favorite dish from the, cause we love the purple pig, well, favorite dish from the pig. Well, they're really big into, they have flatbreads with spreads across them. So we got almost, I think every spread they have on the menu. You were a big fan of the bone marrow one. That was, bo- that was the one I that I remember. There, every time I go back, I get the bone marrow. And I was there recently for like on a business like with work people and we had clients out and we ordered the bone marrow and no one no one would even go near it because it's bone marrow I guess it's scared not him. yeah it scared him and I ate the whole thing I'm such a fat <laughs> it was so good yeah. garlicky and gel oh my god 
So basically, my favorite romantic memory is uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm having a bit us of eating it. our faces off at uh, the Purple Pig. <laughs> All right, with that, want to go I'm get dinner? So ruined. Yeah, I'm now. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> that that spinach to mushroom omelet is wearing off, and I have to pee. All really right. Bad. Well, on that note, on that note, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another edition of Keeping Wanderlust Radio. Today's shout-outs go to our friends at Hunter's Point Wine and Liquors. Yeah, I think most of our shout-outs will go there. They're our go-to wine That's source. That's true. For turning us on to Frappato, <laughs> which we now know is a thing with super cool artwork on the front of the bottle. Southeastern Sicily. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Love each other. Get out there. Hit the road. Over and out.